Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com. What's up, Light Familia? My name is Nate Gushua. It is an honor to be with you today to share God's word. Um, our pastor, Benji, has asked me to uh, continue our summer series of uh, parables and how they uh, relate with the kingdom of heaven. And today we're going to be looking at the parable of the, the, um, the wise builder and the foolish builder. And Pastor Benji had asked um, me to give a, a perspective on this parable because I happen to be a Finnish carpenter, and building is what I do. And I've been a carpenter for um, about 15 years now, so I know a little bit about uh, what, what it takes to build. Um, my wife and I, my wife Denise and I have been part of the Light family since February this year. Um, it almost feels like it's been way longer, though, because we go way back with uh, Pastor Benji and Pastor Jen, and we've totally felt at home. And um, thank you for, for lending your ears today and to this, to this story. Before we get into our story, uh, I, want to, um, I want to make an assumption with you. I assume that if you're watching this, that you are a follower of Jesus, um, that you are drawn to Jesus, uh, that you, if, if Jesus came into the room where you are sitting at, uh, that you, uh, um, and he started talking, that you would probably stick around to see what he had to say. Um, uh, the reason why I'm, I'm bringing that up is because what usually happens when we read stories like this, there's, there's a wise person and a foolish person. What usually happens is we immediately identify with the wise one. That, you know, I'm, I'm a Jesus follower, I'm a Jesus lover, of course I'm not, I'm not so foolish or, or, or dumb enough to, to, to build on, on sand or whatever. And I, wanna, I want to invite you to open up your hearts today and to relate not only with the wise builder, but also with the foolish builder. Because let me tell you what's going on here. Uh, this passage is actually the closing statement to the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the very famous sermon that Jesus gave. And it tells us at the very end of chapter 4, it starts all the way back in chapter 4, uh, that the multitudes followed him. They were drawn to him, and he sat down, and he opened his mouth, and he started to teach them, and his disciples were present. So there, there really wasn't any um, Pharisee there. The, the Jesus hater wasn't there. It was, he was talking to the Jesus follower, the Jesus lover, the people that wanted to be with him. And I believe this word was intended, this parable was intended for both you and I to uh, consider and to open our hearts with. So let's, so let's dive in. Our parable is in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, we're actually going to start three verses before the parable, because the actual parable itself begins with the word therefore. And as good students of the word, when we see the word therefore, we should see what it's there for, right? So we're actually going to start in verse 21 of chapter 7, 
and uh, and it's just go it's going to tie in this. It's a good lead in to this parable and how it ties into the kingdom of heaven. It says, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven." Many will say to me in that day, Lord. Lord, we have, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And then going into our parable, it says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great and mighty was its fall." The overall theme of this parable and the, the few verses that lead up into it um, is true relationship. Um, family, it's, it's not enough just to say that you are a Christian. It is not enough just to go to church or, or it, it's not enough to, to, to just, like I said, to, to, to say I'm a Christian. We really need true relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, when, I re when I read that phrase, uh, enter into the kingdom of heaven, I think about the relationship between my wife and I. Um, my wife was not born in the United States of America. She was born and raised just over, just a little over our very own border in Tijuana, Mexico. And I met my wife on a missions trip uh, from our church to her church down there. And long story short, I instantly fell in love. And because she could not come up to me, I had to go to her. I had to move to Mexico to be with her. And we got married. And about six months after we got married, uh, we decided to come up and move back to the United States. And in order to do that, in order to get her legal residency into this country, man, we had to, we had to prove that we were, we were in a real relationship. It wasn't, that we had to prove that it wasn't a sham. We had to prove that uh, we weren't just getting married on paper so she could gain residency into this country. And boy, we had to, I remember we had to provide photo albums for every single year that we, we knew each other. We had to have witnesses give accounts that yes, they really do like each other, that their relationship is real. We, we were uh, um, interviewed separately, like, hey, do you, do you really love him? Do you really love her? What is she like? And just all these intimate details. It actually makes me, remi it reminds me of that movie, uh, The Proposal. I don't know if you guys have, any, have, have seen that with Ryan Reynolds and, and Sandra Bullock. Uh, the, the, the premise of that movie, the plot is this, this boss lady is about to get sent back to, um, 
about to get deported back to Canada. And in order to stop that, she she asks her employee to marry her on paper, not for real. And so so she wouldn't be deported. And so he agrees to it and they go and they fly up and they go see his family, right? They have everyone convinced that their relationship is real except one person in the movie. And that's his father. And the father is just like, no, I'm not buying it. Uh, I, I think this whole thing's a sham. It's not real. Until the very end of the movie, they, they really fall in love for real. And the father accepts, accepts what's going on. Here's the thing, family. Here's the thing. There is no entering into the kingdom of heaven without a true relationship with Jesus Christ. And there's no fooling the father. We can't, we can't say we're Christians and do something else. We can't just go to church on Sunday and then live a different way. We really, really have to have a true relationship with Jesus Christ. And after all, that's what he came to do. We couldn't go to him. He came to us. He lived with us. And as that's why it's so beautiful that, that the church is called the bride of Christ because the only way we are going to enter into the kingdom of heaven in this life and the next is if we are uh, really bonded and, and tied to Jesus Christ in an intimate way. So um, entering into the kingdom of heaven is by doing uh, what Jesus says and having a true relationship with him. So maybe you're asking, how do I do that? Well, this parable tells us how to do that. Um, so let's continue. Uh, so let's get into the actual parable in verse 24. It says, therefore, and by the way, by the way, by the way. Um, so Jesus is talking about a builder, two builders. One is wise, one is foolish. Um, Jesus has a pretty incredible resume when it comes to building. Um, you guys are familiar with Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God made, God created the heavens and the earth. He spoke light. Uh, he spoke all these things into existence. And then he gets down and he hand forms man. Um, and specifically, we know that it's Jesus because John comes later and says in his gospel um, in chapter 1 that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, right? And that Word became flesh. So we know that Jesus is the builder of all of this. And not only is he the builder of, of, of worlds and universes and stars, he's actually the builder of you. He, uh, he handcrafted you. He created you. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are his worksmanship. And um, that's pretty special to realize um, as a carpenter, I love going back to houses that I've worked on in the past where the homeowner will call us in and say, hey, there's something I want you to look at. There's something I want you to adjust. And um, I remember one time I went to a house and the homeowner wanted to wanted me to pull out a closet cabinet so he could run wires behind it. And I looked at him and I said, well, um, that cabinet, it's all glued together and built in place. There's no pulling it out without breaking it apart. And he asked me, well, how do you know that? And I just looked at him and I said, I know that because I'm the one that built it. And he's like, oh. <laughs> And his wife like smacks him on the shoulder and is like, see, I told you, you know. Um, if you have ever asked 
Uh, why should I listen to the words of Jesus? Does God really know what's best for my life? The answer is yes, because he's the one that built you. He's the one that made you. He's the one that knows everything about you. So we should really, really give, pay attention and give our ears to this parable. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Um, let's go back to that first, that first sentence. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine. What sayings are those? Well, um, these sayings, he's at, remember I told you this, this, um, this parable is the closing statement to his Sermon on the Mount. And you, we don't have time to go through uh, those two chapters of the, the entire sermon. But there's a lot of nuggets. I want to encourage you guys to go back in there and, and seek them out. Um, check these, just some of the nuggets I highlighted from, from this particular message specifically where he's saying, whoever does these sayings, hears these sayings and does them, uh, be meek, be merciful, be pure of heart, be a peacemaker, be the salt and light, don't be angry with your brother, love your enemy, do not judge. It's really interesting that um, this, this building, this building plan for your life, for yours and my lives, uh, really has to do with our relationship with others. Um, and talking about building, building plans, um, the blueprint, whenever I'm on a job, and it never fails. Whenever I'm on a job and there's a question about something, what goes where, the answer is always from the, from the foreman of the job, hey, let's look at the plans. What do the plans say? And these plans, I don't know if you've ever seen building plans, but they're, they're huge. They take up a whole table and you have to flip them over and, and it says, oh, it says right here that we, we need to do this. And you have to stay, you have to stay within the parameters of, of the plan. You have to go by what the architect said. If you don't, you get yourself in trouble. Um, and Jesus, Jesus, uh, as saying, hey, whoever sticks to these sayings and does them, whoever sticks to these plans, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, not plans of calamity, but plans of, to give you a future and a hope. God is not giving us a set of rules to make our lives miserable. No, he's giving us a set of plans to be successful that we, whatever we build up will not come crashing down. Uh, it'll be successful and it'll be everlasting, okay? Um, plans need to be followed. Um, and not only that, Plans also need to be inspected and signed. Uh, whenever we finish a stage of a house, we have uh, uh, an inspector to come out from the city that needs to look at, look at everything, especially, especially when it comes to uh, the foundation. He needs to look at everything, make sure it was done correctly, and then he signs it. And that is such a beautiful illustration of what the Holy Spirit does with us. We, we have been given a set of plans that is God's word, and the Holy Spirit comes with us as, as, almost as, a, as an, an inspector to, to, to make sure that we're doing it right, to give it his signature, to give it his blessing. And if we, and if we stay true to these plans, to these words, uh, these, these life-giving instructions, how to 
how to relate with our neighbors, our family, our friends. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lay a foundation for us to build a, um, uh, something that's very everlasting and um, very prosperous. Um, I will liken him as a, to a wise man who built his house on the rock. By the way, whose house is this man building? It's his house. We need to remember that because I feel that that's so important. Um, this man is building his own house, okay? Um, you know, James, uh, I like what James has to say about, um, about he's, he piggybacks on what Jesus is saying, you know, hey, a man who, uh, those who li uh, listen to my words and does them, James has um, some really good input to say about that. In James chapter 1, verse 22, <clears throat> he says something similar. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Um, what's up with the illustration of a mirror, James? Um, well, let's let's think about it. When whenever you look into a mirror, what do you see? You see your own reflection. Um, when I look into the mirror, I see I see what my face looks like. I see my nose. I see my my entire complexion, my ears. What's interesting to me is. There, there are parts of my very own face and my head that my own eyes will never be able to see on their own. For example, um, even though I could kind of see my nose if I, if I close one eye and I can maybe kind of see my lips, um, my own eyes have, have never directly looked at my own forehead. And neither have yours. And, and you know what? Let's keep it that way. <laughs> uh, I don't want my eyeballs to pop out and so I could turn them around and look. You know what I'm saying? My own eyeballs have never directly seen my own ears. My own eyeballs have never directly seen the back of my head. I only know what those things look at because look like because I've been able to see a reflection of them in a mirror. The Word of God is a... Is a, ref is a reflective tool to, um, it gives us the ability to see things about our true identity that we cannot see on our own. I am a child of God. I am a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Those things we, we are not able to figure out and fully conceive on our own unless we have the word of God uh, um, ministered that to us. And when we, and James is saying, when we read the word and we are told we are being, we are being taught who we really are. And if we go and if we go off and we don't do what that says, it's like, it's, it's, it's equal to you looking at your face and then walking away and forgetting what you truly look like. Let's stop acting like who we are not. 
God made me, Nate Gushwa, to be the very best Nate Gushwa that he ever created. I'm not to be like anyone else. And you know what? Sometimes I forget that. Sometimes I act like, a, I, I depends if I'm hanging out with somebody, I'll, I'll act like they are acting, or I'll kind of start talking how they start to talk. Well, that's not who I was created to be. I was created to be me. You were created to be you. And so we need to act like that. We were created to, to, to be, like James says, to be blessed in everything that we do. And we go back to that parable we go back to that parable that Jesus is, is talking about, and it's true. If you he, don't just hear what I am saying, do what I am saying, because you will be blessed. I created you to, to, I created you to be successful to, to whatever you put into your life to be built up and to withstand the trials and the tribulations that come from life. Not, I didn't create you to be a failure. I didn't create you to build, to, to build up your life only for it to come crashing down. No, I built you to be like me, to be strong, to be, to be wise, to have joy and life and life more abundantly. That's who we were created to be. Okay, let's look at, um, so now we know what it is we are supposed to do, um, building on a solid foundation. Uh, let's take a look at these, um, these things that come against this house. And it's three things. It's the rain. It says the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall. Um, there's, there's, something, there's something very interesting that all three of these things have in common. They're, they're all natural occurring events. Um, rain, floods, and wind. You could kind of uh, predict that they're coming, but there's no stopping it. When I think of rain, I think of when it, when it, rains, when it rains in my area, usually it's raining in all of San Diego. I think of rain as, as things that happen around the world that affect everybody. I would put the pandemic in the category of rain. It's affecting me, it's affecting everyone, my neighbors, my family. Uh, it's affecting my friends down in Paraguay, uh, my friends in Cambodia. Everybody in the world is affected by this one thing. I would consider pandemic to be in the class of rain. Um, floods, floodwaters are more personal. They don't happen everywhere. Um, personal issues that rise up in families, uh, whether it might be losing a job, uh, getting sick, um, just, you know, just things just falling apart. And, and again, these things are, 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 are mildly predictable at best, and you really can't stop it. I, have, I, I hope I'm not dishing out horrible news to you guys this morning, um, that life happens. And there's, there's really no way to stop those things except what Jesus is telling us to build upon the foundation of his word, having a true relationship with him so that we will withstand these things. Um, the wind. There's something interesting about the wind. You can never see the wind coming, but you can see what it's carrying. Um, I would consider the wind uh, and, and as concerning the problems of life, um, uh, just random arguments, uh, random things that happen that, that 
you, you have you ever have you ever gotten if you're married have you ever gotten into a, an argument with with your spouse and have you ever asked wow where is this coming from <laughs> that's what I consider to be uh, wind you don't you don't see where it's coming from uh, but you see you see what it carries and those things happen too sometimes things happen out of the blue like whoa like how is this happening where did this come from we were just fine yesterday and now the wind's beating on us again all these things they're natural they're natural occurring it's it, they don't happen because we did something wrong they don't happen because we're living in sin no it's just life it's just the nature of this fallen world the rains the floods the winds they come they have came, and guess what? They're going to come again. We have to prepare ourselves. We have to build upon the foundation, build our houses on the foundation, which is Jesus Christ. Okay? Um, let's get into, okay? So that's the wise man. That's the wise builder. Um, it's pretty easy to relate with him, isn't it? Uh, as a Christ follower, as a believer, someone, someone who loves Jesus. Uh, maybe, maybe you were thinking to yourself when I was reading that whole list of uh, being meek, merciful, pure of heart, peacemaker. Like, oh yeah, check, check, check. I've done all those things. I'm good. I'm the wise man. I could get up and go. Well, hold on. Just give me a second. Let's, let's read what he says about the foolish man, the foolish builder. And everything's pretty much the same, except there's, there's, there's one opposite. He says in verse 26, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And again, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Um, family, there's really not much difference between these two characters in this story. Um, other, than, other than Jesus specifically saying one is wise and one is foolish, they're almost the exact same person. Uh, they have more in common than they do different. Um, remember I told you, hey, make a mental note that both of these men are building their own house um, when I think about these two men, I think if, they're, if they have the honor and the ability to build their own house, uh, they're probably builders by trade. They probably know how to build, both of them know how to build. Um, they're probably, if we, if we are to think in terms of today, um, they're probably both well off. Um, they're, they're both... It, they both strike me as the type of man that you would want to invite to be the next guest speaker at a men's camp. You know, someone that's motivational, someone that has his life together, someone, a manly man, who, who doesn't like a man that builds his own house, right? And, and they are up until, and check this out, check this out. This foolish man, he's not a total failure. He's not an absolute idiot. It, said, it doesn't say that he tried to build his house. It actually says he did build his house. He built it on the sand. He, 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 he was, as, as short-lived as it might be, he did it. He's, he's almost exactly like this, this man that's, 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 that's deemed as wise. So what's the difference? 
Um, I know a lot of good builders. I know a lot of good people. I, like I said, I don't think this man was, was, was a moron. He's definitely not stupid. Um, I would consider, I would maybe think that maybe he was just in a hurry. Um, maybe he, maybe, maybe he's a little prideful. He thought that what he knew was best and he didn't want to, uh, he didn't want to go according to the plans or the blueprint uh, of a foundation. Um, I like what the message, the message translation puts it. It says that he built his house on the sandy beach. It sounds like this guy has money. <laughs> um, so he's very influential. He's very successful. The only thing that makes him different from the wise man is that he built his house without a foundation. Um, I want to be real and transparent with you guys. I was convicted this last two weeks that I've been really chewing on this passage. And I was convicted in this way. As a builder, as a finished carpenter, like I've said, I've built many wonderful things. The houses I work on are worth tens of millions of dollars. Uh, these walk-in closets that I build, they're, they're huge. The biggest walk-in closet I've ever made was actually a thousand square feet. It was two full rooms. It was bigger than my, my first apartment, almost as big as my house. And, um, and the, 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 the door handles and the doorknobs on, on all these drawers and everything that, I, that we set in is just they're all imported from Europe and, and everything is just exquisite and expensive. I have found myself, when I'm working on my own house, um, when I'm putting in my own baseboards, when I'm putting in my own kitchen, I have said this and, and uh, sometimes something's not going right, a nail's sticking out and, or, or it's not perfectly fit together. I have said this when it comes to my own house. Oh, it's good enough. It's my house. I know this wouldn't fly in a client's house that's paying me a bunch of money that everything has to be perfect, but it's my house. It, it, we'll let it go. I, I can live with it. And I don't know if any other creative people are, are, are listening to me. Uh, that's the way we do it. Whether maybe you're a baker and when something doesn't turn out right, you're like, oh, well, I'll, I'll, save, this for, I'll save this for my family. My family will eat it. Or, 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 or anything. When something doesn't turn out right, who does it go to? It goes to the people we're closest with and people that, that you know, because it's us. We could tolerate it. I'm convicted, I was convicted that I give my best as a pastor, as a mentor to young people, I'm always giving the best of what I have to other people outside of my own home. I'm always meek, I'm always patient, I'm always um, pure of heart, I'm always, uh, I'm always not judgmental, but when it comes to my own family and my own and my own home, I cut, you know, I'll come home and I might I might lose my patience with my kids. Or I might get or I might be uh, more judgmental with my with my wife than I would, you know. And not to say that I'm a horrible person, but I'm saying I think when it comes to relationships, if we align our relationship first with Jesus and do everything that he says. 
And that filters into the relationships that we have with others in our community. The most important uh, foundation that we can set is the one that we set for our very own home. Make sure that we do the best for our very own home. Um, that's where I want to challenge you today is give the very best to your home, to your family, to your, to, to your relationships that are closest to you. And maybe you're, maybe you're listening and you're, and you're thinking, wow, you know, Nate, I haven't, I haven't done that. I've kind, of, I've kind of screwed up in that area. Well, I want to give you hope today. There's ways to fix it. Um, one last story before we close is when I first started uh, construction about 15 years ago, we had to, uh, we were building this huge mansion over here in, uh, in Carlsbad, and the whole, the whole property was on a slope. And before they started construction on this huge mansion, they built the guest house first for the family to live in. So the, while the mansion was being built, uh, the, fa um, the family can stay in this guest house. And I say guest house because this guest house had three, bath three bedrooms, three bathrooms. It was a huge house. Well, after we finished everything in the mansion and, and we were doing some, some little modifications in the guest house, uh, there was problems with the guest house in the corner because it was on a slope. Every time the sprinklers came on and hit the house, it, was it would run down and it was eroding the, the, the ground underneath the foundation. And you can see from inside the house that, that the corner of the kitchen was starting to sink. And in order to fix that, we had to rip up the floor, jackhammer through the foundation, and dig a hole that led to the outside, pour new concrete footings, and jack up this corner of the house. So it was as, as unfortunate and expensive as it was, it was possible, and it was fixable, and we did it. If you feel like there's cracks in the foundation of, of your life. Uh, maybe there's some, maybe, maybe not all of it's starting to sink, but there's parts of it. You can fix it. You can redeem it. It's gonna cost. It's gonna take work. It might hurt a little bit pulling stuff up, but it is possible. You know a good way, to, a, good, a good place to start? Maybe saying, hey, I was wrong. Hey, will you forgive me? Words like that carry so much power and so much strength. Um, it is possible. It is possible to fix these things. And, and when we do, we will be like wise men and we will hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And we will be able to withstand um, all these things that come beating on our, on our lives and on our minds that, that come naturally. Um, Thank you, for, thank you for lending an ear to me today. Um, I just want to pray for you before I go. And um, yeah, so Father, thank you so much for, for this opportunity, for these people, uh, for my brothers and sisters that are, that are at home listening. Maybe they're in their car uh, listening as they're driving. Father, you are, you are the master builder of everything. You are the maker and builder of us. You know what is best for us. You know what it, you know, um, what it takes to enter into your kingdom in this life and for all of eternity. And, and, and 
thank you, Jesus, for being such a gracious God that you didn't just that that you don't that that you didn't just leave us high and dry, but you have left us a blueprint. Uh, a beautiful set of plans for us to follow that we may we may do everything correctly and and timely and and in a way that when we build our lives upon your solid foundation your solid rock of your word we will be successful and we will be able to withstand all this stuff that just comes with life the rains the winds the floods problems, diseases, pandemics, um, arguments, uh, and, and, and we will be able to prosper and go forth for many generations. And our children's children's children will look back and say, wow, I, I'm thankful, I'm thankful for my family that it was built on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. And I want to give, I want to ask for your Holy Spirit to minister hope to those uh, who are listening that that maybe need to 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 fix the, some foundational issues in their life? Everything is possible. What is, seems impossible for man is definitely possible with Jesus Christ. Amen. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website lightsandiego.com.